Hi, and welcome to the Calm Age Rebels podcast. I'm Trudy Lewis. I'm Jenny Fields. And I'm Advita Patel. Hello and welcome back to our weekly chit chat. And this week, we're not with Mrs. Jenny Field. And it feels a bit weird, doesn't it, Trudy? I know, it's very strange. <laughs> I know, really strange. And so it means we could talk about anything. I know. Uh, where, where will it go? <laughs> so Jenny's not with us, actually, because she's celebrating her wonderful husband's birthday. So we're going to wish him a happy birthday on here as well. So happy birthday, Martin. Happy birthday, Martin. <laughs> we hope you're having a great birthday celebration. But today's chat, we're going to talk about the rise of the entrepreneur following the great resignation, actually, because we spoke about this I think a couple of episodes ago didn't we Trudy about yeah people kind of coming to terms with whether they wanted to stay in a full-time nine-to-five kind of role and the pandemic has actually made them recognize that they didn't want to do that anymore so we're seeing an influx of folks coming out of their comfort zone I think you would say and setting up their own businesses and consultancies and actually spoke to somebody the other day who was a communicator and has actually set up an Etsy page selling crochet like oh wow (laughs) like knitting little yeah I know it's incredible and she's gone down to part-time and she's selling crochet stuff that she learned to do during lockdown amazing which I think has just demonstrated I would say that we're heading into this world of like entrepreneurship and you don't have to be tied to one thing and the pandemic has taught us that we can you know possibilities are there for us if we really want to take them and as we're both approaching kind of like the final kind of quarter of the 2021 and as most of you good folks know I launched comms rebel in the year of pandemic yeah and the fact that I'm closing on year two of my business <laughs> just feels really weird so I thought we could have a really good conversation about what we've learned our observations yeah and if anybody is kind of contemplating setting up their own business or doing something a bit different from their nine-to-five and it's just interested in our kind of experience. And this might be a good five, 10 minute chit chat with, with both of us. Yeah. So what do you think, Trudy? How are you feeling about this whole great resignation and careers and all that stuff? Yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating time. It's been one of those things that has really kind of caught my attention. The fact that so many businesses have been launched. I was looking at some stats and there are a number of businesses launched over the past couple of years despite the fact that we've been in a crisis pandemic time, which I find that's the fascinating bit, that people have felt brave enough, (laughs) like yourself, to step out and do something totally different. And and in some cases, people who had existing businesses have felt strong enough to pivot, you know, rather than kind of cower and say, do you know what, it's over, you know, the pandemic's crushed us. They've actually thought, you know, what else can I do? How else can I shift this business And what else can I introduce? And that's in addition to the fact that people are feeling like, well, I don't have to stay in traditional work anymore. I don't have to. And I think that phrase have to is where it's important. It's kind of like rather than feeling that the only place I get stability is there, I can perhaps step out and do what I'd always dreamed about or I can try it and see what happens. And I think life's short, you know, I think we should all kind of explore some of the things that we're excited about or that excite us rather than staying in mundane jobs that we really don't like. (laughs) I know. You know what, though? I have to admit that I actually set comms rebel up before the pandemic. So yeah. it was six to eight weeks, I think, wasn't it? You saw my panicked WhatsApp when the pandemic hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, what is happening? I've just started. What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? And I have to admit, you know, I do somebody asked me a really interesting question whether I would have set up my business if I knew the pandemic was coming mm. still. And it really made me think, I thought, would I have or would I have stayed in house? And I think, you know. If I knew it was coming and I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, then I probably would have stayed in-house, I have to be honest. Yeah. And this is why I really respect and admire the individuals who have taken kind of, what's that saying? You know, I'm rubbish what I'm saying. It's a bull by its horn. That's right, isn't it? bull by its horn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the bull by its horn. And actually thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, you know, even with the pandemic and the crisis that we face and all the horrible other stuff that's happening and happened, over the last you know couple of years, these individuals have thought, I'm doing it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it work. And I 100% respect them for that yeah. because I, you know, 
I don't know if I would have at that time. I would have if I knew what the outcome was going to be, obviously. But if I, if someone said to me, we don't know what the outcome is going to be in yeah. the pandemic, are you still going to set your own business up? I think I would have just been like, no, I think I'm just going to stay in house. Exactly. <laughs> the other weird thing is for my business in particular is I don't know what it's like not to have a business in the pandemic. I think that's quite a powerful place to be because you yeah. you then have set it up. And I'm sure this is the same, this will be the same for quite a few people who have felt I've set it up in a very difficult time and I've survived. It hasn't crushed me. <laughs> I've managed to actually do it. Yes, I might not have had as much profits, as many profits as I would have had, but I've made the investment in the time and the energy it takes to actually put together a business. And I think that's it's quite a strong place to be. Yeah, it is a powerful feeling. I'm not going to lie. Like you do feel like if I can get through a pandemic and a crisis, I can probably get through many other mini crises. You know, you have to have that. And the one thing I have learned over the last couple of years is you have to have this ultimate confidence in your ability and the work that you do. And you have to have a great deal of self-belief in your work Mm, that you do. Yeah, Because if you don't and you're struggling a little bit, you will struggle to kind of, participate in the conversations where you need to be visible you'll struggle to kind of build the relationships you need to build with clients and other customers to kind of bring them on board and you know it's exhausting at the best of times running your own business people again when I to the coaching I do through the confidence coaching people always think oh will I not look really cocky and will I not look like I've got a massive ego and it, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable when I talk about you know some of the good stuff that I'm doing online and I'm like, no, like there's nothing wrong with the humble brag. Mm. Like this is, you should be so proud of who you are and what you've achieved, yeah. how far you've come. Whether that is having your own business, whether that is, you know, managing to stay afloat during times of crisis in the current role that you're in, whether yeah. that is just making sure that you feed your children you know, and get through home Able to pay the mortgage. <laughs> and pay the mortgage and just keep yourself, you know, afloat. That in itself is something that you should be really proud of. And we just don't give ourselves enough credit. We're so hard on ourselves all the time. I suppose it kind of makes me feel a bit sad that we just don't appreciate who we are as individuals. And we can be quite down on ourselves. And this is why, you know, the humble brag or even the brag, I don't care. Like it really does annoy me when people shoot others down for being proud of who they are yeah do you need to kind of have that ultimate confidence and I always say be like a bit like Teflon you know you need things to bounce off you quite yeah. quickly and that's one of my observations I don't, you know I don't know about YouTube but when I started comms rebel and a leader like me which both of them both businesses during the pandemic I realized quite quickly that if I didn't believe in my own self-worth and my own self-belief and the work that I was doing then I can't expect anyone else to believe in what I'm doing mm. and my purpose I had to have a very strong belief in myself because there are plenty of people, trust me, who are watching you, who will be kind of getting inspiration from you and who want to, they may not be vocal, but they're watching and they're listening and they're hearing and you're inspiring them, whether they tell you or not, you're inspiring them. And there'll be a limited number of people again who will try and pull you down, you know, or say something a bit just not very nice, basically, towards you or or make little snide comments or microaggressions and Because what I find about those individuals who do that is because they are uncomfortable with their life, right? You're holding the mirror up to them because they have recognised that they are probably not living out their ambitions and dreams. So they kind of try and pull you down. And that's the kind of observations I've made, that you will find a few little back chats and a few little sniper comments. But majority of people, I feel, are probably inspired about what you're going to be doing and what you're doing. I certainly am inspired by many of those folks who have kind of gone out there and set the consultants up or doing the part-time job and a part-time, you know, work for themselves or, or making it work through this hybrid world that we live in. But yeah, definitely. So my kind of thing is, you know, be proud. Be proud of what you've done. Celebrate your achievement because I think that's really important to whatever you're doing, consultant or in-house or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think for me, it's it's simply that you have an idea you know it's going to work you've got the skills behind you it's not about bragging it's about just factually saying I have invested the time to learn this and to be good at it so why should why should I not talk about that and if I am doing if that is my business then I have no shame in saying 
actually, I'm really good at this thing that I've learned and I've trained in and I've taken the time to, to get involved in. And so as a result, I'm able to share that with somebody else, you know, and, and I think, you know, somebody said to me who is a businesswoman that basically, you know, what am I waiting for? People are actually waiting for me to share with them the things that I've learned and that I've done. So I should have no shame in publicizing and promoting the things that I'm involved in or that I want to, or that I have to offer. So I think there's a real place for all of us to be a little bit mindful or or a little bit bolder, dare I say, that where we step out of our comfort zone and say, well, do you know what? I'm good at this and don't feel bad about saying that I'm good at this because somebody else is always waiting around thinking I want to be, and I think Advita, you mentioned it, I want to be inspired and somebody else wants to see that actually it's possible that it can be done. And I think especially in the midst of a pandemic, if you've taken the time and energy to to launch something, to remain in your workplace, to to get promoted, to, to really push yourself in those places within the crisis that we've been in, kudos to you. You know, it's such a strong place for you to be in. And I think that's what you need to shout about, really. <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. I love that, you know, being bold and, and going for it. You know, yeah. you, you said right at the start of this chat, Trudy, that life is too short, right? We're here to kind of hopefully live the best we possibly can within the means that we have and, and the situation that we're in, obviously. But if you are feeling a bit downtrodden and a bit sad and a bit low, then my advice, you know, is to kind of just take that 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever you can every day, even if it's only just five minutes while you're brushing your teeth and just allow yourself to kind of think, what is it that you want to achieve? You know, what is it that you want to do? And be quite intentional with that, because that's what I think will help you kind of move forward. Because trust me, this is from somebody who is, you know, I've said this several times, but I do spend a lot of my time procrastinating. And it can be a bit of a, <laughs> and it can be a yeah, bit of a blocker. Me too. <laughs> we, can, we can, you know, we're procrastinators, and there's nothing wrong with procrastination because it can help you develop, you know, different thoughts and ideas. But there has to be a limit to it. You need to kind of think to yourself, I can do this. I can do this. Like if they can do it, and I've seen this person do it, then I can do this. The challenge you will have is how do I get there? And being intentional with that is what's going to support you. Yeah. Um, what a great segue into I our know, next. Yeah, I saw what you did there. That <laughs> oh, was clever. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny would be proud. <laughs> our next episode, which you're going to be heading into, is going to be about being intentional. We recorded this live through Comtero Week, which is run by the We Are Resource team, and it's a live recording. So we do apologise if the sound isn't as good as it normally is because we're on a different platform but I know our wonderful editor Debbie will have done a great job but please do have a listen let us know what you think send us your feedback we love hearing from you let us know what your thoughts are on being intentional let us know actually if you set your own consultancy business if you're crocheting if you're knitting if you're doing something completely different we love hearing those stories right and we'd love yeah, to be great them. to hear them <laughs> it really would be we'd love to hear them so yeah so please do let us know and of course do follow us on our social platforms which is at carmage rebels and we'll see you next week If you want to find out more about how you can work with us you can visit our website which is calmedgedrebels.com here you can find out more about each of us individually and it will also give you links to our own websites which are colinear.co for trudy commsrebel.com for advita and redefining comms for me jenny you can also follow us on instagram and on twitter at calmedgedrebels and you can also follow us individually on twitter instagram and linkedin So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. Hi, everyone. Um, It's great for us to be part of Comms Hero. Right, guys? (laughs) Always, always a pleasure. And for recording the podcast live this time, which is brilliant. For those who have never listened to our podcast, where have you been? And um, I, But really, no, I really wanted to just let you know that basically our podcast is based on a topic and a conversation and it's done in the moment. So that means that 
we can go anywhere with this conversation. And um, we've also noticed that we can, we have a tendency to talk about everything. So we're going to cover a lot of ground, hopefully. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this session. So just to, to get us started, today we're talking about intention. And the three of us normally talk about intention. This is something that comes up a lot in our podcasts, as we talk on our chats, when we do coaching with people. So being intentional and the whole thing about intention is something that we always mention. We can play a serious role in setting up what happens or doesn't happen in our lives just through our intention. Um, especially when we understand that it, you know, you can either sit on the fence or you can be misdirected by intentions. So intentions is quite an important thing, but it's also a wide topic. So there are two aspects I was looking at when I was thinking about the whole thing. And one aspect was how you have to have the right intent if you are leading something. So if you're leading a project, if you're leading people, you have to have the right intention and how you're going to do that because actually people understand or can pick up if you don't have the right intention. So if you have the wrong intention, it's very easy for people to see that. And, and the second part, which is probably what we're going to settle on, is being intentional as an individual and how your ideas become reality. And, you know, this is all dependent on basically how committed you are. Uh, and that determines whether or not you meet your goals or not and so on. So it's all connected to that. And I just thought, even though I feel as if I've just overcomplicated the topic <laughs> even more, um, perhaps I'll just head to Jenny and ask her, what does she think about the whole thing? Thank you. Being intentional. I think it's such a big phrase. And I was doing the keynote speaking session at the PRSA event earlier on this year. It was all about how to be intentional. That was a the theme of their conference. And I talked about how you can go from panic to purpose. And I think probably the biggest thing for me when I think about being intentional is that you have to have purpose to do that. And, and when I was talking about it at that event, that was the one thing that, that stayed with me is that without purpose, it's very difficult to be intentional mm -hmm. um, because you've got to kind of have that hooked back to something. So for me, they're quite interlinked. And I think it's very easy to have purpose and not be intentional because you cannot do very much, but you can't really be intentional without purpose. So it's just making sure you've got that alignment, I think, between those two things. Because for me, when I think about being intentional, that's completely linked with taking action. So I'm, maybe I've, I join those two things together wrongly. But if someone said, oh, you know, you're being very intentional about that, that's because they're seeing action being taken linked to a purpose or something else. So to me, they're kind of linked. Yeah, I, I, I th you're absolutely right. I think it's it's linked to that, but it's also linked to clarity. And it's funny because when I Googled the whole thing about intention, Deepak Chopra came up and I was like, oh my gosh, that's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> I did not take any of his notes, but then at the same time, it, you know, when I, when I read what he had, it all went down a real deep rabbit hole, which was really weird. Advita, what do you reckon? No, I, I do think, and I can see why Deepak Chopra would have been one of the first hits on Google, because intention is quite meaningful. And I think we were just saying before we uh, came on live that it can be a bit emotional, I think, when it's, and I completely agree with Jenny about it being attached to purpose. It has to be attached to purpose. Otherwise, you kind of just flop about. And we've all been there. You know, I am like self-named queen of procrastination. And normally when I'm procrastinating and I'm trying to be intentional, I, re I recognise that it's because I don't have the purpose. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? I feel like you're intentionally procrastinating then. <laughs> I'm intentionally <laughs> procrastinating. <laughs> That's my purpose, to procrastinate. And, you know, it is. And we all do it, right? We all procrastinate. We all kind of buff about. You know, there's elements, there's different elements to that. You know, it's to do with the fact that our imposter syndrome can play a big part in that. Our confidence is lacking a little bit. We don't know what direction we're going in. We're getting different bits of feedback. We now live in a society where everybody has a view and an opinion about everything almost. And we can lose our train of thought in what we're trying to achieve. And that's why purpose is so important. And you have to be quite clear, I think, when it comes to intention, is what is that purpose? You know, what are the outcomes we're looking for and what do you need to do in yourself to create and, and to, to take action, uh, whatever you're doing, whether that's wanting to learn more about I don't know, inclusion and diversity, whether that's delivering a campaign or a project, 
whether that's giving advice and support to a leader. There has to be intention and everything, but I completely agree with Jenny. There's purpose underlying all of this, purpose and values, you know, and which is why we kind of harp on about that, don't we, in, in yeah. all our kind of sessions that, you know, understand what your purpose is and what your values are. Because if you don't know that yourself, you're going to struggle. You are going to struggle in articulating exactly what you want to achieve from whatever kind of challenge or problem that you're trying to solve in that moment in time in terms of intention. Yeah, I also, you know, when when I think about purpose, and I know I know we just said that intention is quite a heavy topic as well, but purpose is such heavy heavy topic for most people as well, isn't it? And you know, one of the biggest comments I get when when coaching is how much people are like, well, I, you know, I don't know what that is. So the minute you say, so what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. I get perplexed looks of it's I've never <laughs> explored it or how do I do that so one of the things I've done is actually taken the time to explore some of that for myself and I know that we all have together but what would you say to people if they needed to know how to approach that whole bit of looking at your purpose I actually have a framework which we share with our Leader Like Me community and I always mispronounce it so if anybody is watching you can tell me how to pronounce it then let me know but it's the Ikagi or Ikage I think it's Ikagai right Ikigai, Ikigai. It's a Japanese uh, framework. It's incredible. I've got the book. People will know how to pronounce this properly, right? But it's basically four circles that you have to answer. One of is one of them is uh, what do you enjoy doing? What can you get paid for? What what do you do already? And I'll, I'll, the fourth one come to me. But then in the middle, you kind of come up with your purpose. And it is a big question, and it is something that it's not an overnight thing, by the way. And when we speak to uh, folks about purpose about finding your purpose it can scare people because when people kind of a bit like I don't know what my purpose is like I don't know I go to work I make sure my kids are fed got a roof over my head but I'm like well that is that's one of your purpose like that's okay like we always kind of go big we always feel like we have to have these big dreams and massive ambitions because you know what I always say is what's your joy like what brings you the greatest joy in, in that moment and you know I'm not one of those folks that thinks you have to be like high-fiving every single day but you've got to have an element of you know an element of purpose to your day right otherwise mm. like what's the point of you doing what you're doing yeah I think for me a bit like your framework that I'm not going to try and pronounce because I <laughs> probably get it wrong I also just called it your framework because it's now become yeah, yours nice. so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but for me, there is, I tend to break it down because my coach has done this with me. It's something I do with people that I coach. So in terms of that intentional piece linking to purpose, I break it down into kind of work, health, maybe kind of family legacy is sometimes in there. So depending on what your buckets of your life are to some degree, what are those different areas? And then what are the things that you want to achieve in those? So from a health perspective, it might be that you've got a certain goal you want to hit. Mine was that I wanted to do a handstand press up this year. Now that's not about like having a big purpose, but it was a kind of having a goal and that allowed me to be intentional with my training to kind of get there. So I try and get it into really sort of bite-sized chunks, I suppose. And I think there's something for me that also brings this back to how many connections we're able to have and how we have to edit our choices. And I know I talk a lot about this from reading Matt Haig's work on, you know, we can't do everything. You you can't watch every film, you can't read every book, you have to edit your choices for the life that you want to lead. And I think that is so linked to intention in the sense of I'm very intentional about how I spend my time, um, which is also linked to resilience and traits of resilience. So I think there's something about breaking things down into little bite-sized chunks linked to the buckets of your of your life and then making sure that you're controlling how you spend your time and energy because that's really important to be intentional linked to your purpose you do control how you do that and I just think that's an important bit to to kind of link together yeah absolutely I kind of also look at the whole thing of what's important to you so I ask people you know what's important to you what do you care about and sometimes that takes a conversation of going to your background so when you were younger what what were some of the things that you really cared about because sometimes you forget you know what were these things that were really important to me simply because you've gotten so busy with your life and so on and I love what Matthew Haig talks about 
in that book around you know we can't do everything we can't address every single thing we need to pick the right things to work on and I think that's really important and if we're talking about being intentional that's exactly what you would do you would sit down and say well okay what can I do and what can't I do and and that's what would direct your path in a sense mm. deep now um <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard isn't it because I, as, yeah. as we're saying that I always find sometimes when I talk about some of this stuff I think people think that we're just you know spending all our time being so intentional with what we're doing yeah. you know I did sit and scroll on my phone for about three four hours yesterday <laughs> just mindlessly looking at Christmas decorations and things um and and that wasn't intentional at all but you know it's not about always being you know always doing stuff and always being very focused and always feeling that pressure because I think sometimes it can be misconstrued as that and actually mm -hmm. you know we do need to stop we do need to rest but it's also being okay with how you're spending that time to some degree. Like I was, I had time to do that. That was, I, and I'm fine with that because I've then had a focused day to day. So I think sometimes when we think about that being intentional with our time and editing your choices, that sometimes people feel like you've got to be always focused and always productive and on the go and focused on what you need to do. Whereas sometimes you just want to sit and play Candy Crush and eat Percy Pigs and watch Netflix and that's okay. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fine because there is a, there is such thing as toxic productivity, isn't there? Yes. And we speak yes. about this quite frequently about, you know, we live again, we live in a world where we're expected to be busy. And I know we all hate that word. So I started to use the word vibrant. <laughs> I've had a really Ooh. vibrant day today. <laughs> I've been that. really vibrant. I'm so vibrant. <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't sent that to you I've just been very vibrant, just been vibrant. <laughs> no I will do though I think it's going to be my next anyone who gets an email from me next is like I've had a really vibrant day but it's you know you do have these days where things are you know when I got to a point and both of you know this because I've spoken about this before is that when you have 101 different plates juggling you know when you're trying to keep that balance and you know you've got a bit of a purpose you've got a greater purpose you know for some of the things that we're all involved in we've got greater purposes you do put that ridiculous pressure on yourself to keep delivering and keep putting things out there but we have to take that step back right and we have to have that stop hard stop and go right just calm down Advita. this is this is me talking to me <laughs> calm down write down your list of things that you need to achieve what is the end game here? What are you trying to achieve? And you have to go back, and which is why that foundation is purpose, right? Because you have to go back to that purpose. Is it giving me the purpose that I need to deliver or not? And why am I doing this? And like you said, Jenny, that editing your choices is such a key part of the way we live every day. You know, as soon as I came to the realization after you recommended Matt's book was you cannot be everything to everyone and you can't do everything all the time. You know, make your decision and it'll be it'll differ from day to day, week to week and month to month, depending on what's going on in your life. Right. So I think that's important to recognize that in yourself and not give ourselves a hard time. We're going through a really difficult time right now with everything that's happened with the pandemic, plus all the other kind of noise we're getting through from various other crises that are happening uh, in the world right now that sometimes you just have to give yourself that break and be like, you know what, right now, my intention is just to put a roof over my head and go to work and make sure my kids, my dog, my family, my whatever are looked after. And that's okay. And we have to be okay with that. And I think, you know, as long as we all accept that, we can then move on to whenever, you know, whenever you're ready to move on to your next kind of purpose and stuff. Yeah. I think what you said there was really interesting about the, your changing intentions. And I think I don't, I'm, I'm going to ask a question now. Sorry, Trude. No, um, don't because there's there's something about having that time to reflect on your intentions and them changing. And, and mine tend to kind of every quarter, things will kind of shift for me in terms of what I'm focused on. But is there a risk of changing your intention too much? How long do you keep an intention for before it feels like you're kind of flip-flopping about all over the place? Wow. I think that whole question is so guided by your purpose because your central purpose is kind of like an overall banner basically and that's what keeps you on track if we don't have that kind of guidance at the beginning to say well this is what I'm achieving or or even that clarity about well what am I aiming for because clarity for me with this is a huge huge part of it and if I don't have a clarity about my purpose about my goals and about my vision then suddenly I can switch my intention every five minutes and you know sometimes I do have that attention deficit thing you know <laughs> I'm moving flitting from one thing to the other and I always have to pull myself back 
with a little bit of focus and maybe even some breathing and things like that. And just to say, stop, because it's so easy to start flitting about the place. And then you realize a week's gone and you haven't achieved mm. anything and you haven't moved towards your purpose. Because, again, the whole thing of being intention is that edging forward gradually. You're not suddenly going to be, you know, just because you've written it down, right, I'm going to get it. It's an <laughs> edging forward and it's a purposeful focused probably even energetic journey towards actually achieving what you want to achieve yeah otherwise you've got you've got a risk of comparison right so we always say don't we comparison is a thief of joy and sometimes if you don't have that what Trudy said about that kind of foundation of that purpose you can end up kind of latching onto other people's intentions and purpose and that's when comparison plays a big part and I think that's what you know once you kind of understood what that kind of purpose is that you're trying to achieve comparison kind of slips away a little yeah. bit because we are in a world where we are comparing against each other you know every day you go on to kind of Instagram or you know even Twitter or Facebook or something like that you're kind of going oh my goodness should I have been should I have been doing that should I oh should I have been a comms hero of course you should have been <laughs> but you know sometimes you have to make that decision actually is it for me or is it not for me is it going to help me achieve my purpose or do I need to focus on something else right now because if you need to focus on something else right now, that's okay. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that. And you have to get comfortable. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's my mm. kind of big motto. I'm on all of mottos today. I know, <laughs> you? On my screen. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out thick and fast. <laughs> um, which brings us pretty much to, to tips, to be honest. I'll let um, Adbita keep going. <laughs> Wow, thanks. Yeah, so many, oh my god there's so I uh, know no pressure at all and thank you to Andrea by the way who has clearly uh fanatically spelt out how to say ikigagi that's how you say it ikigagi well that's what I'm going to say that's my top tip actually so check out ikigagi and she has actually written uh again d- done my job for me where I should be a bit more prepped the four things that you need to be aware of when you're doing your purpose. So check out that framework if you haven't done so already. <laughs> did you I just, do think did you just that... hire Andrea to, to just be here for you? Thanks, so Andrea. <laughs> Thanks for doing the research. Appreciate it. We'll but I do think... Andrea, we'll send you some chocolate. We've got some. We will. We'll send you some. We will. Yes, DM us your address. We'll send you a little prize. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, start with your, start with your, you know, start with that. I would say number one tip is, Take some time, don't rush yourself, but get that purpose framework up there and start writing down those things because it does make a difference. The second thing I want to say is values. And we have kind of hinted about values today, but honestly, the values thing plays a big part as well in terms of intention because that makes you decide whether you want to take part in that or not and whether it aligns with your values or not. So I would recommend that you do your values exercise or activity. And Jackie uh, Lebevre, I think that's how you say her name, she does a great values exercise online which we'll share the links for as well if anybody just wants to kind of do an automated thing uh, which is brilliant and my third one is you know like I said before while we were chatting is don't be too hard on yourselves your intentions you know will differ like like Jenny I do 90 day plans depending on seasons because I'm, I'm a bit like that so I'm very different in different seasons so summer I'm a bit more sprightly autumn and winter I start kind of doing different you know, working on different intentions you know because I'm self-aware to know where, I, where I'm good <laughs> some days and, and where I need to be a bit better and I'll, I'll kind of take down my innovation side a little bit throughout winter because I need to focus on my business at that point so I'll do a little bit different things at that time so my planning is very different and be intentional with your plans you know have your weekly goals set, set out as well and one practical thing that I do every day is and this is Jenny's top tip was one big thing and three little things on my post-it that I need to achieve in that day and as long as I do those three things then I feel much better about my day and those are my kind of practical top tips. Great Jenny? So all of what Advita said obviously and the the post-it notes is, is, is a good one. I think for me there's a bit about being realistic with being intentional and I think sometimes we can have the best intentions by trying to think we can overachieve things but I think we have to come back to what can I realistically do because if you do break them down into sort of work health family legacy if you want that one as well then if you had three things or you know kind of three intentions in there that's still quite a lot of then actions that kind of link to those so I think it's just being a bit realistic and not over 
putting that pressure on yourself and then you under deliver and then you're in a bit of a shame spiral oh there's Brene took us a while there to get is. there wow. there she is a little shame spiral Brene Brown oh no. we're her number one fans um but that's that's what will happen so you so being realistic with your intention I think the other thing just to bring this into a bit of a work setting is for people that are whatever function you're leading is being intentional with that function so if you're leading a marketing team or an internal comms or sales or, or whatever it might be, you have to be clear about what the purpose of that function is and what the intention is for you. So this links to your kind of purpose. And then what's realistic that you can do? I mean, I've always been a fairly small team, so you can't do everything. So you have to be realistic with what's possible in that and then stick to it. And I think that's probably my third tip is making sure that your actions are consistent with your intentions. So if you want to, for example, if we go to a work setting and if you're saying, you know, we're not going to be making people's PowerPoints look pretty, that's not the purpose of our function, then your intention is to make sure that everybody knows that and your action is then that you don't do that and you consistently don't do that because the minute you let that go once, you've allowed that to be okay forevermore. So it's kind of joining all those different dots together and so those would be my three great those are all fantastic I agree with them 100% mine really all of them are tied up for me in the word clarity so I've said clarity a lot (laughs) for the past 35 minutes but I can't emphasize the whole thing about being clear enough because one tip is to take the time to figure out what it is that you you want to do that's the only way you're going to set a goal that you can measure, a goal that you can actually then achieve. So I think there's a whole piece around doing some brainstorming around what am I really talking about? When I say I want to hit that goal, when I say my purpose is to change the world, what does that look like? Um, (laughs) That's mine and I don't know. (laughs) it's, It's kind of like, I want to change the world. What does that really look like? And bringing out the clarity. And I think what I've appreciated, especially with having friends like Advita and Jenny, is actually how we've bounced off each other and we've actually enabled each other to help us to reach that clarity. So when we have our comms retreats, we get together and that's exactly what we do. Kind of, I'll say something. And then, you know, from the input from both of them, helps me to get to a place of clarity. And from that clarity, I can be very, very focused on time what I expend my energy to and, um, and and how I will build that intention. So it's a progressive thing. And I think that's exactly how we need to look at it. So it's look at it as progression. I love what Vita said about, you know, don't beat yourself up if you don't get it all done. And that's really, really important, I think. Mm. I think it's not yeah. about that journey, isn't it? It's mm. we talked we talked on our podcast episode that came out on Friday about motivation, and we talked about the fact that it's not a case of when I get there, this will happen. It's enjoying mm. that moment of that journey, but it's being intentional every day. And I know Advita, you always talk about be better than you were yesterday, and it's yeah. not say you know you every day is just making sure that you're doing stuff that is is the right intention for you. And I'd also say yeah. things that are helpful, not harmful. So when I talk yeah. about resilience training we always talk about is it helpful or is it harmful and that's just something else to consider depending on how yeah how much we're being pulled in lots of different directions which lots of people are definitely at the moment. that's true <laughs> yeah it is yeah and I think you know that is my you know my purpose is be better than yesterday you know it's a simple thing and as long as I'm better than what I was yesterday then I'm okay and I'm comfortable with that and I think you have to find the thing that works for you but be deliberate with it you know, and I think that's the key thing, and you know, to Trudy's point about clarity and making sure that you've got your goals. And all three of us are very kind of goal orientated. You know, otherwise, I know what I am like. If I don't do a goal and I'm not deliberate, I will be the procrastination queen. <laughs> like you both know, and I've spoken about this publicly before. Like I will stand looking at my neighbour's wheelie bin, wondering why he hasn't taken his wheelie bin in for like 20 minutes. Like that is not adding any value. <laughs> that is not adding any value to my day you know you do end up doing silly things like that when you don't have like your goals written down and you're not intentionally not deliberate have it's amazing we get sucked it? into have you oh my god honestly it? He, i feel like you're the person that's sticking out yeah. on it yeah i know, I know. well no, no i am definitely the person who would just like rage and rant about it and then be really nice like hi okay <laughs> and you know dodge past the wheelie be like 
cursing myself into <laughs> I am that confrontation the sometimes comes. <laughs> yeah, just, he, he's much he's much better if, if my neighbor ever watches this you are much better with your breathing <laughs> but it's amazing the distraction the point of the really being gay is that it can distract you right and if you're not deliberate with your actions and you're not goal you know you're not setting your goals then you will end up doing what I used to do I am much better uh, looking out the window and staring at person's feeling which is just not it's not ideal at all <laughs> what a note to end on before well, questions exactly, yeah. I know I know <laughs> we'll ask her some questions anyway I think I think we're going to be doing some questions soon anybody's so. got any questions I don't there know. are some in there, but I know Carly was going to come oh, back in. I'm here. Hi. Hello. Hello. Now I'm going to pretend that I'm one of you because I'm a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> There's no denying it. That was great. Thank you so much. I personally, I did the Ikigai or the, the other pronunciation of it. And that was actually the thing that tipped me over into leaving my job and pursuing comms Amazing. because wow. it, all four of my answers were comes 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 I haven't drilled down a little bit further yet but yeah so I definitely recommend that people look that up and have a go because it is really really helpful so we do have a couple of questions in the chat I do just want to ask you something that's come to mind so you talk a lot about goals and intentions do you think they because I think in some ways they can be the same thing so like where do you think the difference is and do you think as well that intentions and intentionality is just a glorified way of talking about having a to-do list? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So the second one, no. Intentions for me is not a glorified no. to-do list. But I do think intentions and goals are, are very similar. For me, the girls might disagree. But, you know, if I, if I said about my intention was to do a handstand press-up this year, that's a goal. You mm-hmm. know, and so therefore all of my actions this year have been to get me to that point. So... And so my to-do list supports that, but your intention kind of sits above it for me. But I would say it's similar to goals. I don't know what what you ladies think. I'd say it's similar, but I would also say that intention is also, whereas a goal is is a standard thing set, you know, kind of like a, I'm going to do X, the intention for me also feels a little bit like it's step by step. Yeah. So you can break that down. And I don't think it is a glorified to-do list at all. A good example for me is I will have a to-do list that I never look at again. So I'll sit down and write it down. But if I set an intention about something, I actually look at it very differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both. I do think intention for me is slightly it is different from goals because goals, like Trudy said, has a bit of an end point. You know, it's my goal and it's goal to get that and that's done. Intention is a bit more an overarching umbrella view for me. Uh, in terms of getting there but it's very similar in terms of that but I'll have my goals my goals will lead me to my intention Uh, and that's the way I kind of look at it in terms of that but yeah it's definitely not a glorified to-do list because I've got a glorified to-do list on my desk right now (laughs) as much as I and there's no intention on that I just have to get it done on that that. yeah (laughs) that's great so I've got a couple of questions so Carrie-Anne Wade asks for some tips on balancing your own intentions with other people's expectations. Oh, good question, Carrie I love that. <laughs> boundaries. I would say boundaries. Like, honestly, as soon as you need to put your boundaries in place when it comes to things like that, because otherwise other people's boundaries will be your intention, if that makes sense. So we talk for a very like, practical example is we talk about ASAP, right? I need that ASAP. Like, I know it's, Jenny, it's Jenny's book, but I won't get Jenny on this pedestal because it's a massive <laughs> book. <laughs> But is that, is that, you know when someone says can you get this to me ASAP it's like well what's ASAP because my ASAP and your ASAP is very different things and it is putting those boundaries in place so what might be acceptable to them may not be acceptable to you and you being very clear on that what does that look like for you uh, and putting that in place because it is really easy to kind of get sucked into other people's goals and intentions and you do have to be quite clear with the focus that you have for yourself which is why it's important that you've got your kind of where is this taking me? What is my journey? How am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And if that support and that collaboration helps you get there, then great. If it doesn't, then as much as, you know, and this is coming from someone who's a magpie and has great FOMO, like me, you do have to kind of say, sorry, not right now. It's not the right time for me or it's yeah. not the right thing for me. And yeah. it is uncomfortable to push back on those kind of things, but you do have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's my Everyone's frozen, I do. 
So it's really interesting, the question. So the question was, would love some tips on balancing your own intentions with others' expectations. So there's a thing for me about whose expectations, because we don't listen to people in the cheap seats. So if it's in a work setting, which is kind of what we focused on there around people expecting you to do things, and Advita's, you know, spot on. We do talk a lot about ASAP and things like that. And we've got a podcast episode, I think, from season two, where we talk about boundaries. Mm-hmm. So that's worth a listen. But there's also something about whose expectations they are and whether they are worth listening to and how you get that alignment, whether that's personal or professional, because that's something to just really consider. Because sometimes we can think people have got unrealistic expectations of us in our family or away from work. So that can be quite difficult and that can be unfair. So therefore, it is doing that alignment piece. But if it's at work, there's lots of things that you can do, like Vita said, but also just being very clear about if someone's asked you to do something and it's going to have a knock-on effect, then just say, I can't do that. Or I can do that, but it means I can't do this. Are you comfortable with that implication? Um, yeah. And that's probably the easiest way to manage it. But I'd just be, I would just be mindful of who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. I would just um, kind of mirror that and just talk about how there's an element of balance that you need. So you've got boundaries and balance. And sometimes, and this is where your values become quite important because your values help you to say, well, what's really important to me at this moment? I can't actually expend all of my time. So a little slightly selfish kind of saying, well, I can't expend all my time doing this particular thing. However, depending on who it is and depending on what it is, it's tabling time to actually get it done Mm. you know there's that matrix that we have that talks about productivity and what's important and what's urgent and so on and that's a really great way of figuring out you know what it is important and it's important that I be seen to be delivering things for people however on this occasion I will park it in the it's important but it's not urgent my thing at the moment is urgent and once you begin to understand it, it takes sometimes it takes time to get to the place where you've got that going but it really is a situation where you have to look at it from that perspective or else you'll be overwhelmed with too many things to do really mm. that's it's the eisenhower matrix isn't it that you're referring right. to and it's well yeah. worth <laughs> yeah it's well worth looking at that one because that will really help you kind of determine where it all sits like in your kind yeah. of grids of, of things to do definitely eisenhower matrix um, um, I think we're having a nightmare. With, yeah, yeah I think oh. Lee's back with us. Well, there are some oh, other questions which I can chuck in the mix unless Lee wants to wade in. Um, but there are two others on there, which I'm just going to just bowl straight in and ask. Yeah. So there That's is good. one that says, how do you determine your planning for intentions when those last minute things pop up? Like our softball team needs a volunteer coach or the season will not happen, but it's not in your plan. Wow. Well, yes, <laughs> love those. Um, Great one. I would, again, use the Eisenhower matrix. Like, you know, where does it kind of fit in into your kind of urgent, important, not important, not urgent kind of thing first? Initially, because I do know when the pressure is on at work in particular, at work or personal, when people are pushing you to do something and you're kind of list, you're busy, you're vibrant, sorry, or you've got stuff going on, it can be difficult. <laughs> it can be difficult to say no, but I would realistically be honest with yourself and go can I do this with a whole heart right and Brené Brown mentioning her again she talks about resentment you know when you're asked to do something and you do it with resentment it doesn't give you the greatest joy or bring that greatest joy so you have to be very conscious and aware of why you've been asked to do something and how you're going to respond to that and it's okay to kind of say no not right now because of x y and z but maybe next time or if, if you can do it next time but I think it is important to be very clear with what value is that going to bring you and how is it going to help you yeah and I think there's something there's something in that so I Jackie in my team shared with me a link the other day and it was a TED talk from an ER doctor and it was uh, she was sharing about how they have this triage system and you've got kind of red amber green and what it means and how she uses that and applies it to her every day we'll pop the link in the show notes to this episode when we go out and we'll find it and share it on Twitter but it's a really good example of how you can triage stuff that might come in and actually what's really a red and what's really an amber and she gives some great examples of you know a house being flooded a child in A&E like it's really good to kind of make you think about really what needs your time I think the other thing is making sure that you're not overloading yourself so you've got that capacity and I remember having this conversation when I was at work where I was the global head of comms for a 250 and I was starting work at 16 on the train 
getting to the office at half seven and then I'd leave the office about half six to seven and be home about half seven, eight o'clock. I loved it, right? There was no hardship for me in doing that. But I did have a moment towards the end of my time there where I suddenly realized I didn't need to be working all of these hours. And I spoke to my boss and said, I'm kind of working at about 100, 110% probably, and the business is doing very well. So I'm going to just pull back to kind of 90 so that we've got a bit of wiggle room, should that be needed if something was to happen. Because at the moment, I've got nowhere to go if you suddenly need me to to step in and do something and have that capacity because I've maxed myself out already. So I made that adjustment and went to kind of eight till four and I still got the same amount of work done. Nothing bad happened, but I had that capacity that should it be needed, I'd put that buffer in place. So I try and kind of plan my life so that if something does come in, I've got that capacity to deal with it. So I'm not overstretched all the time. It can be easier said than done. It just takes quite a bit of practice to, to protect your time to enable that sort of buffer, if you like. Yeah, and I think uh, with intention, in opposed to just a to-do list, if things pop in at the last minute, you'll be more likely to focus on the intention than the last minute. And not to say the last minute thing isn't important, however, it can suck you down a rabbit hole, basically, and you end up losing a day, days, you know, (laughs) concentration on all sorts of things. And so I do think those things that pop up need to be ordered in some way or you you may well do things like well let me consider what I would do if this comes up and how I would handle it if suddenly I need to just do a segue and move into something else the thing with moving to something else is that you suddenly lose focus and so then that very thing that you said was an intention you know kind of loses its weight it loses its focus just because you've just switched your attention however I do understand you know as Jenny said it's not easy because these are choices you have to make you've got to say well actually you know I'm going to maybe disappoint this person because I don't know if you noticed but people always want things immediately (laughs) (laughs) it's true they'll say I'd love this done and you think oh I'll do it immediately you do it in a rush And then you realize that they never opened the email because it wasn't really that urgent. So I think sometimes challenging people who come and say this has come up, you know, obviously if it's something to do with your child or it's something to do with your family, those things are urgent. However, you know, sometimes challenging, especially in the workplace to say, give me an exact deadline. When is this really needed? Yeah. That helps as well. Yeah. I think it's so important to create capacity isn't it like Jenny was saying and um all of that is I mean Avita mentioned earlier about boundaries and just being comfortable with the boundaries that you've set and knowing that actually it means that you're going to keep on track and keep to your purpose and everything one thing I wanted to ask it's kind of similar to what Lee's asking in the question is where do you think the line is between your personal intentions and your professional intentions so you know if you work for an organization And obviously you have to do X, Y and Z to get a job done and the organisation has a purpose. But then personally, you might have intentions that possibly don't align. How do you how would you handle that? I'd leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the answer, but <laughs> um, yeah, and I've talked about this before. Where and it's a you know it's an easy answer to to kind of flippantly say, but it's you know one of the reasons I have left you know roles in the past is because there wasn't that alignment. Yeah. And I think I also do feel that with the pandemic there is a shift now that we don't necessarily have this kind of work and home. It is one, and I think when you start to look at it a bit more like that, you can start to see how. If this is your, you know, to Advita's point about your values and Trudy's around your purpose, if you look at that as all one for you, yeah. then where is the right place for you to work and what's the right thing for you to be doing that's aligned mm-hmm. to all of those things? And looking at everything as one rather than separate buckets yeah. would probably be the thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Dan's question specifically is around professional purpose. So he's saying, you know, how do you set your professional purpose in terms of your job roles within your organisation helps stakeholders work smarter with you? Um, and on that on that note, Dan, I would say it's important that you build that relationship with them 
and get them to work in collaboration with you? And I know it's easier said than done and you think it's an obvious answer, but it's, it's amazing and it amazes me still to this day how many times we make assumptions about certain mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. without being very clear with the questions that we're asking them. So we can sometimes either listen to other folks' interpretation of that individual and make assumptions based on those kind of gossips and information that we've heard from other sources that cannot help us build the best relationship with those leaders. And the second thing we can do is use our own knowledge and information and you know things that we've learned ourselves, which is a good thing, but we can also we can sometimes put it on that individual and make assumptions about what they need from us. So my top tip on that in terms of professional purpose is to sit down with those leaders and stakeholders and be like, what help do you need from me? And this is how I can help you. And I think being very clear with that intention will help you kind of set your professional purpose. Because you do have to have a you do have to have a balance, right? You are working for that organization to deliver against their goals and objectives. I mean it's great to have your own mind and do your own thing. I get that, but you do you're there to do a job ultimately. So the best way to kind of do that job is open up that kind of gateway, have those honest and open conversations and and be frank with some of those challenges that you might be being asked to do, some of the sorry, some of the things that you must be having to do and challenge back if it doesn't fit in with what Jenny said earlier about your team dynamics. You know, how many of us, and I'm sure people listening today, have been asked to do things that are above and beyond and beyond the resources of that team. And as internal communicators and communicators in general, we can often either accept it and do the long hours and work weekends and really stretch ourselves too thin without actually looking at the business case of, right, how do I pitch for more funding in this way so obviously this is what they're asking me to do so how do I pitch for more funding and what do I need to get sponsors on board to give me for more funding to do this or how do I challenge back and put my boundaries in place Mm. to tell them this is not a task that I can do right now because of x y and z and if you want me to do this then I need to stop doing this this and this you tell me what your priorities are in that Mm. and I think that's what your decisions you have to make at the time otherwise you will burn out and burnout is real at the moment Mm. and you do have to take care of yourselves Definitely. I think it's about your personal brand, that professional kind of purpose of managing your mm-hmm. stakeholders. And again, we've talked about this in season one, um, but it's um, but it's making sure that you're you're kind of considering what that is and how you know because Advita's right, you know how you show up and all of those things is down to you and the relationships that you want to have at work. But so much of that comes down to what your brand is, what you're known for, and how you show up every day. And that's mm-hmm. a big part of it. And you can change that. I won't go into it now, but I did have someone years ago say to me, you know, you'll never get here, you'll never get there because of this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I, you know, took that as a challenge and then yeah. did, you know, change some perceptions and 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 worked hard on that. So that's always up for grabs for a, a bit of a discussion. Yeah. So don't ever feel like you're stuck in if yeah. you're kind of you know, in one place. There's always Good. ways around it. There's a huge thing about building rapport, Dan. And I think it's building rapport, listening and questioning. And those are the things that you do against your stakeholder. But also, I think there's a real value in stepping back yourself and being very clear about what you bring, what you are offering. So if you're in a role of communications manager, what are the key things that you are able to deliver so that you can manage those stakeholders' expectations. And and I did an exercise at a company once where we looked at almost like what did internal comms bring to the organisation? And I started with some insight that looked, talked to the leaders to say, well, what were their expectations of internal comms? And then put together with the team, well, what are we offering to the business and matched them up? And that for me really helped to be very clear because it's very difficult you've got stakeholders coming to throw really minor things for you to do when that's not what you do but when you really have the conversation with them and build rapport you realize that actually the only reason why they were throwing those things at you is because they didn't understand what you did in the first place so (laughs) you know if you ask the average leader or the average manager what's internal comms what do we do so many of them will not know what you're on about so it's really good to not make the assumption that they understand who you are, what you are, what you're about and so on. They'll be very grateful for your delivery. And actually, they'll really be grateful for that conversation. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much to the Calm Edged Rebels for this incredible session. You guys are always so insightful. I get so much out of your podcast. And so I'd recommend everyone go and check them out if you're not already a subscriber. You can find them on all the social channels at Carmedge Rebels. 
and you can find them all through their individual accounts as well so do check that out thank you so much let's show them some applause and appreciation through the emojis <laughs> thank you thank you to find out more about us how to sign up to our comms retreat or to listen to past episodes go to calmedgedrebels.com don't forget to rate and subscribe and thanks for listening.